Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our soon-to-be-suffering Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I throw these words at you, these words taken from Mark chapter 14. He reads, Excuse me. From verse 26. When they had sung a hymn, back up, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. He said to them, I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Tonight, I want you to imagine that there is a great door placed here before our chancel. When you walk through that door, you will be walking into the kingdom of God. Inside, you will find Christ, not figuratively, but literally, really. For wherever Christ is, there also is his kingdom. Wherever the name and the message of Jesus are to be found, there also is the Son of God and his kingdom. Wherever the body and the blood of Christ are to be found, bestowing the forgiveness of sins, there also is the kingdom of God. There is Christ. No one may pass that door without consequence. For it is here that the holiness of God comes near to us. Though the kingdom cannot be seen, what we encounter here tonight is no different than what Peter, John, and James encountered, encountered on the Mount of Transfiguration, where the invisible word world of heaven appeared visibly, and the personal bodies of Moses and Elijah were seen conversing with a sun-brilliant Jesus. To those who would enter this door, supreme readiness of sacrifice is demanded, even to the point of forfeiting one's own life or even hating one's own family should anyone or anything stand in the way of faith and love for Christ. The one who enters this door must be wise enough to count the cost, like an architect sitting down estimating the cost of a building, or the king estimating what kind of an army it would take to win a war. As someone once said, those who do so without realizing what it implies or who hear without obeying are like a man who builds his house on sand. Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them and puts them into practice does not do them and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Unbelievers are not granted access to this kingdom. Quote, no immoral, impure, or greeting person such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, Christ and of God. 
writes the Apostle Paul. It belongs only to the poor in spirit and to those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, to those who have sought it and treasured it above all things, to those who are determined to endure all trial and tribulation to keep it and to possess it. Those who enter this sacred portal are not moved to do so by the philosophies, opinions, or the reasoning of men, but solely by the truthfulness and the power of God's Word. Those who rely upon humanly devised good works and deeds are not only barred from entrance to this kingdom, but must stand outside, condemned for their self-righteous pride and for trying to prevent others from gaining access by grace and not by works. One can enter this kingdom of the Son of God only by means of grace. That is why Jesus told, that, told, told us that the publicans and the harlots enter the kingdom of God before the self-righteous Pharisees. Indeed, to be received into this kingdom is a gift. Inside this kingdom is the power of eternal life. This kingdom has no end. It will never perish or be destroyed or change. It is not like a dream. It is real and here today. What we are eating and drinking on this day is not separate from that first meal Jesus instituted some 2,000 years ago. The meal we are eating and drinking on this day is going to be the same meal that we will be sharing in heavenly glory for all eternity. Likewise, just as we will rise again out of death and enter life sometime in the future, so also today as we enter this kingdom to partake of this sacred meal, we are experiencing the same eternal life that we will experience in its fullness upon the last day. All who enter this kingdom by means of God's grace and in faith will be filled with a power that comes from God. We don't know how. We know that it produces the fruits of good works in us. But the power that creates good works comes not from us, but from God. What happens in the kingdom of Christ cannot be explained because his kingdom deal is different from our present and human laws ruling this creation. Lest we think that there are fiery, glitzy fireworks whenever and wherever the kingdom of God appears, we must heed the words of Jesus, for he says, the kingdom does not come with observation, that is, not with any kind of external show. He says it is simply among us, wherever and whenever Christ, his word, and his sacraments are to be found. Since the kingdom is the meeting place and the gathering of all believers in Christ, the Lord's Supper is not an individual experience, as though it's a relationship merely between God and me, where I have kind of an unrestricted freedom to believe or act in any way that I choose. The kingdom is a community of saints of all time, from Adam and Eve to the present. 
It shares the same doctrine. It eats the same sacred meal. And it is perfectly united in faith and in love. The kingdom's community is a city belonging to God. So each member as a citizen has a responsibility to serve and to care for the other citizens of the community. And since space and time are different in this kingdom, at the table of the Lord, we eat and drink not merely with each other, but with all the saints of time past who have gone before us and in the presence of the holy angels of heaven. To these saints who have gone before us, we owe the responsibility of preserving the doctrine and faith that has been handed down to us by their faithful confession and life. The head of this kingdom is Christ. He is our king. The kings of the ancient world were supposed to be shepherds of their people, benefactors and defenders of their flock. Likewise, their subjects had the duty to use and administer what had been entrusted to them for the greater good of the kingdom. Thus, as we prepare ourselves to enter through this door that lies before us, our King is promising that He will, as our gracious King, bestow upon us all that He has won for us through His incarnation, His fulfilling the law in our place, His suffering and atonement for our sins, His justifying pardon that cleanses our conscience and frees us to live apart from the power and the delusions of evil so that we may survive in faith in the midst of a very godless world and come to share with Him in eternal life. And in response, His subjects, we are being called upon to use and administer all that he has entrusted to us, our properties, our families, our goods, and our wealth for the greater good of his kingdom. Beyond this door lies a world that cannot be comprehended by reason and sense, a world that is real, though blind to our eyes, but sensed through the ears when our ears hear the words of Christ and knows that what Christ is saying is true. This is my body. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. So come now, blind believers prepared for entrance into the new and the coming creation the eternal world of the kingdom of Christ. It is here. It is among you. It is in your very midst. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.